the legacy of Jacob and uh, Joseph. The legacy of Jacob and Joseph. Originally, the title of this was Death of Jacob and Joseph. But when I was studying this with fellow preachers, we were uncomfortable with the word death because it's so morbid and November 1 has already passed. And uh, it's New Year, so like, we changed it to legacy and we agreed upon the word legacy. So the title of the sermon today is Legacy of Jacob and Joseph. Wow, we are on the last sermon of Genesis. How many started Genesis 1 with us? Can you raise your hand? So it means you've been with us a few years. So this was around more than two years uh, preaching on Genesis. And we have learned a lot from this book. We have to look back. What were the main contributions? What was the legacy? Joseph and his brothers fulfilled their promise to Jacob, their father that they would bury him in the land of Canaan. Bury me in the land of Canaan. In the cave in the field of Ephron, where Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Isaac, Rebekah, and Leah are buried. Joseph commanded that his father be embalmed, and they fulfilled his wish. One important note here is that even though they were in a very comfortable place called Egypt, Egypt was the first world then much like Europe and America today, Canada. Uh, they were the first world. Yet even though they were already living in the first world, and Joseph, the official, their, Jacob's son, provided for all their needs, even in the midst of famine, he, Jacob, still wanted to be buried in the land where God promised him. The land which God promised him, Canaan. But this was no ordinary burial or funeral. The elders of Pharaoh's household, the servants, the elders of the land of Egypt, chariots, horsemen, in modern day cars, many beautiful cars. And Joseph's brothers all went up to bury Jacob. The burial of Jacob, a non-Egyptian, looked like a ceremony of a national figure in Egypt. Well, that was one way where God honored his servant Jacob, who believed in the plans and promises of God. God's grace prepared and elevated his son Joseph in Egypt so that he could become one of the leaders in Egypt or the leader in Egypt next to Pharaoh. So that he can make a difference in the world. And in fact, it was through the son why Jacob was honored. And sometimes sons do that. It's the amazing deeds of sons that give honor to their fathers. So sons, honor your father. Do well in what you do. Let us do well in what we do. <clears throat> in the last chapter of Genesis, we also see the death of Joseph. Somehow the writer, Moses, wanted to show that in this last chapter, it was a death of, of Jacob, but also the funeral of Jacob, but also the death of of Joseph. Not much was written in the life of Joseph at this time. Much was written before it. His struggle and his rise to power and the difference he made in the world and how he saved so many people at that time. But this time, not much. Except that he also wanted to be buried in Canaan. Not in Egypt. Even though he looked like an Egyptian, 
perhaps he talked like an Egyptian. He was a leader known as an Egyptian, yet, yet he wanted not here, but there where God promised them. But you know, their lives, Jacob, Joseph, they're only micro stories of the macro story of God. We have to understand the macro story. The macro story is God's plan to bless all the families of the earth, all the nations of the earth. Tower of Babel, they were separated with different languages. The unity of evil must not happen. Somehow changing the languages, the unity of evil could not work, yet God still wanted to reach them. Avoid any unity, any unions of evils. Avoid that. Yes, that can be very powerful, but can be very destructive. Abraham was called and said, you shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth. The fulfillment was Jesus Christ. A nation was born under Abraham, under Isaac, under Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. It was Israel. Jesus was born, an Israelite, a Jew from the tribe of Judah. And Jesus said, you shall make disciples. So go and make disciples of all ethnic. Make disciples. Everybody say, make disciples. make disciples. Say it louder. Make disciples. Make disciples. Jesus said, go and make disciples to all the ethne, means all the families of the earth. It's still not done. In Revelation 7, 9, the fulfillment happened. We're not yet there. What's the fulfillment? Every tongue, tribe, and nation was worshiping the Lamb. It means every tongue, ethne, we're going back to basic things we taught before. Ethne, nation doesn't mean geopolitical nation. It's not Philippines, it's not Japan, it's not Israel, it's not Saudi Arabia, it's languages. So we are actually now counting 24,000. Mythologists have counted 24,000 tribes and ethne around the world. Every one of those tongues, languages must be reached for Jesus. And we call that frontier missions. Most missions are what they call regular. Every tongue, tribe, and nation will be reached. Can you say, I'm a part of that? Say, we are a part of that. Say, GCF is a part of that. Why should we be up? Can't we just do it here? Oh, why, why don't we just reach out our own tongue? Just a Bicolano tongue. Why, why, why should we support uh, people from all over, those who dare go underground, who risk their lives? Where if you name Jesus, you will be killed. Why do some do it? Because that is the mandate. And if we cannot go, either we pray or we support. And still faithful to reach out the people here. That is the macro plan of God. We have to be part, we have our own micro stories that link towards that. If you think your life should be ordinary, you are mistaken. The moment you received Christ, the moment you repented of your sins and have faith in him, it meant you were set apart for a purpose. And that purpose is not just to be saved. That purpose is not just to be blessed. And please, that purpose is not just to make us happy. Some preachers preach that Christianity is about happiness. That is wrong. Although the fruit of the Spirit may give us joy, it doesn't guarantee your happiness. 
Even in the Old Testament, you think Jacob was happy most of his life? He grieved for the loss of his son. You think Joseph's life was happy? He was a slave. He missed his family every day. Oh, no, 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 no. But in Christ, there is joy. But please do not be misled. Because if you think Christianity is just about having happiness in our heart and joy in our heart, when you, you encounter a problem or a, a trial, then you begin to ask, Lord, why did this happen? God has a plan for us. Happy New Year. God has a plan for you this year. And it's not about your selfish needs. Because the more we serve God, the more we understand His purpose for our lives. But if you just wait sitting down, Lord, what is your plan for me? I will keep waiting in this room until you tell me. Nothing will happen to you. Waiting in the room, but if you study your word and step out and say, Okay, Lord, I will share, share what I learned from you. Because Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. We have to be witnesses of Christ. You see, Jacob received a funeral fit for a king. And he was buried where his, uh, his fathers were buried. Amazing, right? Grieved all his life and then he saw his son still alive. And you know, he grieved all his life. Well, not literally all his life. The moment that Joseph was lost, he thought him dead. He grieved. And once he saw Joseph alive, you know what he said? I can die now. Weird, right? I can die now. Maybe he's thinking I can have a peaceful death now. Now, but here's the story, amazing part of the story. After uh, the death of Jacob, the brothers were now afraid. Huh? You know what the brothers did, right? When Joseph was 17, they were so envious. They wanted first to kill him, but then instead they sold him to be a slave. And they were talking to each other, what if... He does to us what we did to him. What if? They were concerned. They were so concerned. But Joseph had the perspective of God. Can you say God's perspective? God's perspective. He had God's perspective. What did he say? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You did wrong to me, something wicked, but God meant it for good. Wow, that is a God perspective. That's not a human perspective. So friends, I'd like to encourage you, stop thinking like a human. I don't mean don't have a heart. I'm just saying look for God's perspective. Look for the divine perspective. Because yes, we are human. But because Christ is in us, there is divinity within us. The Spirit of God within us. We have to think as the Word says. In fact, the word repentance is 
a change of perspective, a change of mind. When Peter, Peter said, repent, people said, what shall we do to be saved? Repent means change your mindset. Have a different perspective now. Now I receive the perspective of God. So instead of thinking uh, as a human would think, you hurt me, I hurt you. Right? That's why some marriages never have peace. You hurt me, I'll make you feel it too. Then he felt it. You've made it so. That's too much. I'll make you feel the same thing. And say, that's too much. And I'll make you feel the same thing. And it never ends. Right? Until they are both miserable, old, depressed, and dead. What a life. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, no. Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now, stop. Let go. Can you say, let go? Uh, do, do some actions like me. Take those, those bad things that done against you. Take it. And then throw it. Woo! Do it. Do it, do it now. Take it. <laughs> Take it. And throw it. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, again, again. Take it. And throw it. Oh, no, no, don't throw it at me, okay? Uh, uh, that's why to the side. <laughs> we were offended. We were betrayed. And we're still alive. Maybe we will still be betrayed. Maybe one day we will be offended. Trust the word of God. Things, people may mean it for evil. But let's trust God instead of thinking of revenge. Instead of always thinking, why? 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 We don't have all the answers for the why. There are so many whys in life. But I'd rather trust God and say, Lord, whatever your plan is for me, I will trust you. Joseph made the same request from his family to bury him in the land of promise and not in Egypt. Application, let us trust God's process and trust God's ending for us. Wow, Pastor Ed, are we thinking of death ending? You know, I like talking about death because for some of us that's so morbid. But the truth is, nobody escapes death. One day, death will come knocking at your door and will say to you, it's time. <laughs> you just don't know when, but it will knock on your door. That's why it's good to think about it, to meditate upon it. What legacy do I leave this earth? How will they remember me? Will the memory of me inspire them to live better lives? Will the memory of me bring them closer to God? Or the memory of me brings them further to God, from God. Or the memory of me means nada, nothing. Because we just lived to survive and then we died. We must think about that. Think about death. I don't know how it will end for me. We can wish, we can pray. But you see, uh, these people had beautiful endings, Jacob and Joseph, wonderful endings. 
Okay, then, then I was reading an article by John Piper earlier, just this morning. And, and John Piper was sharing the 10 similarities of Joseph uh, and John the Baptist. Both mothers were barren before they were born. Both mothers prayed really hard that they would have children. Uh, both were forerunners to save people. There were 10 similarities and then in the ending, there was just a difference, two differences. One died at 110, one died much earlier. Never experienced even having a wife, John the Baptist. One was beheaded. How was he beheaded? Uh, so the jailers came in and said, John, we better go. They want your head on a platter. Huh? Why? What happened? Herod wouldn't do that. Oh, yes, he would, he would because her da his daughter danced so nice. That's why you're going to die. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, do you know the story? Salome danced so well, and then um, father was so proud in front of the guest. Even half my kingdom, if you ask it, I'll give to you. He was so pleased with his daughter. So this daughter went to mommy. Mommy, what do you want? I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. She wanted to kill John the Baptist. Yes, it's a similarity. Dangerous women in their lives. Potiphar's wife and then uh, the wife of Herod. Well, I don't know if some of us will, perhaps some of us will have uh, a good funeral, right? A good death. Or maybe some of us will be John the Baptist and will be beheaded one day. I don't know. Hopefully, none of us. Hopefully. Uh, but we don't have, we have different, God has different plans for us. But I do hope we die honorably, meaning we lived our lives well. And we take, took care of our bodies. Amen? Amen? Well, we took care of our bodies, and if we die, we die. It, it's not good because you're matigas ulo, huh? you're so stubborn, and you keep eating that junk food, and you keep sleeping late, and, and uh, you don't like vegetables. May juicer na nga, bumili ka na lang ng juicer. Uh, so, too much soft drinks, yeah. Too much soft drinks. While we, we say to people who smoke, you, 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 but you drink soft drinks, it's the same thing in a different form. One gives you lung cancer, the other one gives you diabetes. And many more. But we can trust God for our ending if we serve Him well. And we should hold on to the eternal promises of God. Can you say eternal promise? Eternal. It's about the things of God, the spiritual things, eternal. The things of the world is temporal. Oh yeah, you have some money, you're happy now. Tomorrow you can lose all your money. That's temporal. Oh, you have a relationship now, it seems well. There are no guarantees in relationships, friends. That's why we have to always trust God and always work on those relationships. At one time it's doing well, another time it's not doing well. Temporal, everything on earth is temporal. And if we invest our lives more on the temporal and none of the spiritual, what matters most is eternal realm because that is forever. 100 years, you're not even beginning. 
it's not even a beginning. It's a, an introduction to eternity. What is eternity? Imagine something with no end. I mean, you can't even count one to one billion. Have you tried? Oh, well, if you, if you try, just tell me. And t- tell me how many minutes it took or hours it took. One to a billion. Try collecting a billion bottles. Huh? A billion bottles. McDonald's said, says uh, a billion served. <sighs> a billion burgers. Imagine that. That was many years. Decades before they claimed a billion served. Can you imagine years? Just translate those burgers to years. A billion years and you are beginning. So what matters more, friends? Things that are temporal or things that are spiritual? It's up to you to decide. But how do you apply that principle in your life? Every day you think, what are the spiritual things I need to do today? which includes prayer, worship, the Word of God, which includes sharing the Word of God. How do you guard your heart today so that you don't lean on the temporal things? Like Joseph, he did not lean on Potiphar's wife. He trusted God. Even though he was mistreated, maltreated, you would not hear him complain. When temptation is there, what do you think of the spiritual things or the temporary pleasure right now? What will happen if you're all alone and you're tempted and you think nobody will see? That's a real test when nobody's looking, but God is looking. That's why we have boundaries. God is a God of boundary. Can you say boundary? Boundary. What if there is no boundary? When God created the earth, he made sure there were boundaries. The land and the sea has a boundary. What if there was no boundary? Land and sea. It is called chaos. It's called a calamity. Once the order is disturbed, there is chaos. What if there is no night and day? There is no separation. What if it's only day? Can you imagine a life with only day? It's hard to sleep, right? It's always bright. Boundaries are important because if there are none, there is chaos. And spiritually, if there are no boundaries spiritually, if you do not respect the boundaries of Scripture, trust me, spiritually, there will be chaos. There will be calamity within your soul. There will be calamity in your mind, in your emotions. You will be troubled. At first you could sleep, but there will come a time even sleep will run away from you. Even that will run away. We should recognize that people might do evil things against us, but God would mean it for good. Stop asking why. And just say, Lord, what do I do now? Think of the present. Think of the future. Learn from your past, but do not dwell in them. You know what's dwelling in the past? You spend most of your time in the past. Sana ganito, sana ganyan. Too much time wasted that you could not think of what you can do with your life now. Too much time wasted that we don't think of making a difference now in our lives. 
So you look up to heaven and say, Lord, you have a purpose. Thank you. Never lose sight of the major plan of God to bless the nations through Christ. Never lose the, the major plan. If you're in business, the plan is not for you just to get rich, right? Amen? I hope not. Because you can't take that to the grave. Huh? Will you take the riches of this world to the grave? No, no, you came in this world with nothing, and you will leave this world with nothing. Nothing? Nothing. What happens in the middle? I hope God is glorified. Never lose sight while you're here on earth. Never lose sight why God saved us through Christ. It is to grow in Christ, to grow in Him, to love Him with all our hearts, mind, strength, with all our hearts, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, to go and make disciples of all nations. Ephesians 4, to build the body of Christ that we all grow to a mature man so that we are not easily fooled by every wind of doctrine that we hear. It is to grow in the knowledge and the doctrines of Jesus Christ as well. To know the word of God. That's part of God's overall plan. And say, Lord, help me. That's what I want to do. Lord, that's what we want to do. Although, Lord, sometimes we struggle, but it is already in our heart. Somehow in your heart you have that. Somehow in your heart you say, I want to grow. I want to know you more. Because that is truly the spirit of God in you. But if it's not there, I pray that you begin a true relationship with him today. Today. Because a true relationship with him wants him, hungers for him, honors him. We must leave a legacy. Before this morning service, I was glad somebody asked me to define legacy. And uh, it's good. What is legacy anyway? What is legacy? Legacy is how we shall be remembered. What is the legacy of Jacob? Like Abraham and Isaac, he believed. Jacob believed. And not only that, he prevailed. Huh? Jacob was a survivor. Joseph was a survivor. And he also believed what his father taught him. I want to be buried in Canaan. He believes Canaan belongs to them. That is God's promise. We believe. Eternal life belongs to us because that is Jesus' promise to us. Somebody say eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. That is Jesus' promise to us. We want that. Our heart is there. Though, of course, we have to be excellent down here on earth. Ah, I'm not saying you should not be excellent on earth. Some Christians have, are heavenly minded but have no earthly use. You see, Jacob was excellent. He took care of the sheep. He took care of it so well. So well. Laban could not say a word against him. He was excellent. Say the word excellent. excellent. Joseph was excellent. Whatever he did, he became a leader. He was respected. Whether it's a small thing, becoming a slave, or taking care of a jail, he always emerged a leader until he became leader of Egypt. There was excellence. 
and hopefully us as a culture, as a nation, we would learn excellence. We are spiritually minded, but we want to do excellent things on earth. Excellent every little thing. Hindi yung pwede na yan. Pwede na yan. Okay lang yan. Oh, everybody's average anyway. Let's remain average. Everybody's doing this anyway. Let's do this. There is no desire to do the best. I'm happy that there were people who pounded me to excellence when I was young. And I desired it. Lord, everything I do, I want to excel. Everything I want to excel. Whether it is to write a sermon, whether it is to deliver a sermon, whether it is to talk to somebody, whether to do my homework, I want to excel in every little thing. Because that's part of the legacy of Jacob and Joseph. Everything, whether it's volunteer, whether I'm paid or not. Sometimes we're paid, right? Well, if you're paid, you should really excel. <laughs> if you have clients, you sell products, you have to excel. We have to excel. But if it's a volunteer work, some don't excel anymore because it's volunteer. Huh? If you volunteer in any way, operation blessing that does a lot of medical missions, excel. Whether it's the Red Cross, excel in what we do, in everything. As a culture, Filipinos, we should learn to not give excuses. Can you say no excuse? No excuse. Say it to yourself, no excuse. No excuse. You don't say, I, I, kasi, 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 because, 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 no excuse. Because a person who always has an excuse will never excel. Never. Even hobbies. How many of you have hobbies? Huh? Try to excel in them, right? Even if it's just a hobby, let it be part of your DNA. Why? Because our God is great. But the greatest legacy is that remember that a godly life is a life that leaves a good legacy. A godly life. The daily life we live may it be according to the will of God. In everything we do, we dedicate to God. Whether it's a relationship, we dedicate to God. Family, we dedicate to studies, we dedicate to God. That's why we have to excel in them. Business, employment, we dedicate it to God. Scripture says, do not do it to men, for men, but do it for the glory of God. He was talking about slaves, those who work for others. Excel. Most people just envy, huh? right? They're just jealous and envy, envious, because they don't want to excel. That's where crab mentality comes from. Dito lang tayo, pare-pareho lang tayo, but nakakalamang ka, stay here with us. That's why if somebody's excelling, it hurts some of us. Instead of being inspired of the excellence, we just have to say something negative to, to pull that person down because it makes us feel better. We have to get out of that mindset. 
Of course, if you're the one who exalts, do not brag about it. If you think you, God gave you a dream or something, keep it to yourself and to God, Lord. If Joseph heard, uh, saw that dream that he will be head of his family, he should have kept it to himself and said, Okay, Lord, I'll wait if that is your will. But instead, he announced to everybody, including his parents, I mean, including his father, and said, You mean even me? Jacob said, but the truth is, yes, even you. Because he will be a leader in Egypt. So two ways. Do not lift yourself up in the opposite. Do not envy others. Just excel. If somebody excels, be inspired by them instead of questioning. Oh, because, because we don't have the same background. Or because you give all the reasons. I have seen people worse than us who climbed out of poverty and right now are doing well compared to most of us, but they came from the worst backgrounds, but no excuse. No excuse. Some of you here have wonderful stories from poverty, uh, getting out of poverty, and one thing you know, it was no excuse. You just kept doing your best. In Christ, especially in Christ. You know, we have to build this church. You know, that's what Jesus said, build the body of Christ. Can you say I'm part of the body of Christ? Okay, so, so the body must take care of itself. You know, once a body starts hurting itself, you know, it's, it's not right. It's not right, okay? It's not right. Once the body hurts itself, it's not right. It's not right. The body takes care of itself. There's a cut, you clean it, you cover it. The body takes care of itself. So we take care of each other by faith in Christ. How do we do that? We're so big. How do you do that? You go back to the small groups. Let's all connect, get connected into the small groups. And we'll be preaching more about this in the future. Because that's where we truly express the love of Jesus. How can you express the love of Jesus to so many people? In fact, if we say we love each other here in the Lord, we're actually loving each other in the abstract. You know what abstract is? It's not tangible. But once we get connected, once we pray for one another, once we visit one another, once we get close to that, unafraid. But pastor, you know, I was hurt before. That's relationship. Grow up. That is relationship. Along the way, we may unintentionally hurt one another, but then we learn to forgive one another. Then we know each other better now. Because we know each other better, the relationship will get better. Somebody wrote a book, wonderful, it's about small groups, and he said, uh, usually there's a welcoming stage, like a honeymoon stage, and then there's a stage where it's called the conflict stage. Now, it depends what you do with the conflict stage. Some people never grow up from here. They never grow up and settle it. But once we settle it and you say, my heart is clear, my heart is clean. I'm not offended. Well, I was, but no longer, because I forgave in Jesus' name. Once you go through that, you mature, then you come to the stability stage. And it's the same with growing up, with your brothers and sisters, right? Oh, new baby in the family. Everybody loves a new baby. 
Then new baby grows up, becomes makulit, palok na. Lahat ng kuya, ate, palok na rin sa kanya. So, uh, conflict stage, but then parents should, should manage that and allow them to go through the conflict stage until they come to the stage where they are united. As a church, we have to learn that. We have to grow in Christ. And nothing is better than a legacy of faith in Christ. Once we go and when we die, you still afraid to die? If you're afraid to die, we need to talk. Eternal life, right? The promise of Christ can be accessed now if we repent and believe. The word believe is really believing Him, not believing in yourself, okay? Believing in Him. Not believing in what you think, but believing in Him. Believing in His Word. That's why it is similar to repentance because repentance is a change of perspective. Believing in Him actually means you believe in Him and not anybody else. So that is, in a way, repentance as well. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you are in Christ, this year, 2019, is a year we help one another get out of the shell. You know, the shell of not sharing Christ to others. We want to break that shell. And we want every one of us together reach out to others and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we die, may people get saved. Amen? Amen. When they remember our lives, when they remember our lives, you know, I'm not saying everybody's going to die old. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, ripe old age. But that's not also always what happens. In fact, me and my wife, we always talk about it. When I go, I'm still young, right? Yeah, yeah. My age is not the age where you talk about death. But I think of it a lot, not because I want to. Not because I want to. Only because I ask myself, if I have six months to live, how should I live my life today? In the next six months. So that's why I serve the Lord. I want to die serving the Lord. Would you like to do that? Oh, maybe die while preaching. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, ho hopefully many, many years from now. Uh, nothing is better than a legacy of a life lived in Christ. Let us all rise. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your message. Thank you for the legacy of your, your people, Jacob and Joseph. A legacy of faith. Faith in you. Trusting in your promise. Unwavering. With their hearts still in Canaan, even though they were in, in beautiful Egypt. Prosperous Egypt, yet their minds were still in the promised land of, that you told them. So our minds are in your promises, Lord, not on the earthly things. Yet we live on earth, and we need to work. We need to study. Yet in everything we do, we pray, we dedicate it to you, and nothing replaces you in our hearts. Not our friends, not our family, not our work, not our business, not our academics. We dedicate them all to you for your glory alone and we pray in Jesus name of all those who offended us to those who've hurt us we declare forgiveness in Christ we forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ
By ourselves, we cannot do it, but we do it in the name of your Son. Holy Spirit, give us that strength to let go and trust in your process. Why? Why you weren't allowed us to go through there? Maybe we don't know why yet, but perhaps one day you will show us. You'll make us realize why. So I pray for everyone here, Lord, every one of us. May we come to you in Jesus' name. May we truly believe in you. Instead of believing in ourselves, instead of believing what people say, teach us to believe in what your word says. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, rose again on the third day, and whoever trusts him, believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. So we entrust our lives to you today. And we want that everlasting life. Forgive us of our sins. We change our perspective towards our sins. We don't want them anymore. We want to grow out of them, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. And we receive eternal life in our hearts. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. May God's blessing be upon you. And may your life be a legacy to your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren, to the people who would remember you. May they remember Christ. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.